I like being part of the program because the people are so good and you learn so much every time you talk to them. But as far as growing in the valley, um, it's nice because we can grow almost everything here. We have a long growing season compared to like Spokane. I feel the same way, Aileen. I, I came here about 40 some years ago from Montana, uh, but it was such a limited season. So when I came here, I thought this was just like California. It was a paradise. This week, we get ready for spring by talking to a couple gardening experts from the WSU Master Gardeners Program. Tana Truscott and Aileen Ruckert are veterans for the Asotan County chapter of the program and are full of knowledge pertaining to growing everything from herbs, flowers and vegetables, and even what you might consider weeds. If you are planning a garden this year, the Master Gardeners are here to help, and this episode is for you. But even if your thumb is less than green, it's still a lot of fun to hear about everything this program offers and how you can utilize it to take your garden up a notch this year. For this and more, stay tuned. The episode starts now. Hello, Tana Truscott and Aileen Ruckert. Uh, we've got a couple of uh, WSU Master Gardeners with us. Uh, they're part of the WSU Master Gardening Program. Thanks for being with us. We're so happy to talk to you. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so let's see. I guess we should start off by uh, saying uh, how long have each of you been in the Master Gardening Program? We each went through the class in 2012. That was a pretty good-sized class for us. Oh, really? 2012. So that's pretty good. That's been a, it's been a little while now. And, uh, and you guys, what is your role in the program now? Well, we're, we're called veterans. And uh, we meet, Master Gardeners meet monthly. And through the COVID, we uh, meet on Zoom. So um, we have to keep at least 25 hours uh, of continuing, or not continuing education, but volunteering. So, uh, you know, we're there. We have a big role. We're there to help do research and education. There's a lot of different facets to it. So, um, and when I started, the same time as Aileen in 2012, I guess I I hadn't realized how complex it was and how many opportunities there would be there would be in that garden. And I think Aileen, you probably feel the same way. Yeah, I thought I was surprised at, at how how much that this county does with so few members. Um, we only have about between 25 and 30 members, and we are as active as some of the larger counties that have maybe 100 members. Um, we have two school programs where we have uh, educational programs with the fourth graders, and that includes nutrition training in the classroom and also hands-on planning out in the garden areas. We do that with Parkway and with Grantham. We also put on uh, clinics uh, from time to time, different places, um, 
we have tree clinics and rose clinics and weed cl uh, clinics and uh, to educate the public. That's pretty much our our um, our aim in life is to educate and to help people with their gardening questions. And, and we do that through farmers market booth we have, and we're there. Uh, we have been doing it once a month. Now we're going to be going to at least twice a month because we have more people now. And uh, people can bring in their questions and we try to answer them. If we can't, we research. Um, I think the important thing is people think we, that we are the experts, and that's definitely not true. Um, we all have a lot of experience because... We've been, most of us have been doing this most of our lives, and we have a passion for growing things. And so um, we have a lot of experience, but what we have are resources, a lot of it through WSU, um, to research and, and so that the answers that we give people and our, the um, information that we give out is all science-based information that we have done through the research so that it's not you know aunt edith's recipe for getting rid of slugs you know with beer and whatever although i hear that might work <laughs> well so, nothing against aunt edith but having that uh, research to back it up is certainly helpful yes and, and, and you, you've referenced uh, several times here that it's through wsu but um, as you mentioned before we started recording, it's through a Soton County, correct? Right. We right. Work, I'm sorry. We work through the extension office uh, here in Soton County out at the courthouse in the basement. And, uh, but we are, we are under the umbrella of WSU and the um, university. And what's, what's the demographic like for um, the Master Gardeners program? Is it a mix of all different walks of lives, or is it like uh, mostly college students, or how does that work? Um, well, it's actually, <laughs> is that all right by going ahead, Amy? Sure. There's a lot of retired people in it, um, but the last class that they had, which was January 2020, they did have a lot of younger people, and I think people assume that you have to be retired to do master gardening, but you don't. Uh, as long as you have a lot of interest in gardening and you want to share your time and you don't mind working maybe on weekends or whatever, uh, young people are welcome. Um, and there is a lot of varied experience in that uh, group. And what I like also about it is if we have an idea, if somebody has an idea, for instance, I'm thinking about John Freeman, who did the, is doing the bees. He was interested in learning about bees uh, through our program. Uh, he did some additional training at WSU, and he started the Valley Beekeepers here in the Lewis Clark Valley. So he took an idea and ran with it. Um, you know, and there's always room for new ideas. Uh, you just send them through the committee and with our uh, spokesperson, Mark Heisteman, uh, the extension, and all it takes is just a plan. So I do like that about the Master Gardening Program. So what all 
entails being a master gardener? What is a master gardener? The first thing you have to do is go through the class. And the class, and I can't remember exactly how much it is now, but it's around $170. And it is about a 10 to 12 week class. Um, and it's, it's one day a week, three hours a day. Um, some of that you get back when you become a master gardener. When you, the first year you have to put in, I believe it's 40 hours. 40. Is it 30 it is. now? It's 30 no, hours. it's 40. Okay. Um, go ahead, Tana. You can tell that then. <laughs> well, you have to have at least 40 hours of volunteer as an intern. The veterans have 25 plus 10 uh, community uh, continuing education. Continuing education credits, yes. Uh, and this year it has been a little tough for the interns because because of COVID, we haven't been able to get out and do in-person clinics, um, you know, the information clinics and the school gardening. So there's they haven't had as much chance. Um, but um, that's and then after they complete the what is it eight eight weeks or so of classes then you have to take a test, but it's quite easy because it's open book, <laughs> um, and qualify for the Master Gardener program. So does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just wasn't sure what the parameters were for being a, a Master Gardener, but does that apply in particular to, like, ornamental plants or plants that you eat or trees or what what is that is it all of them it's all of them <laughs> yeah we cover everything and when i had mentioned the uh the fee that they have to pay after they've been a master gardener and after the first year of they've getting in their hours their volunteer hours then they get 70 dollars of that back so that helps a lot with the expense um but we cover anything that grows we cover the soil it grows in we cover the insects that that irritate the heck out of us at times, um, and our plants. And uh, we we do weeds as far as identifying, controlling, clear up to trees, um, pruning, and and um, you know planting and every aspect of growing. Some some people have different areas of expertise than others do so you know one person might be into trees somebody else might be into roses somebody else might be into growing vegetables tana does succulents and herbs uh she's an excellent person to talk to about that um so everybody has has kind of things they're really very interested in and then we have I think a common interest in learning new things. I think that's the, the one thing that everybody that has gone through the program, uh, in spite of you know what age they are, where they came from, because we have accountants, we have foresters, we have um, you know, teachers, just everything. And 
the one thing everybody seems to have in common is that they want to learn new things. And so every time there's a class, everybody wants to take it. And one of the things that Aileen and I and others did when we first started, um, we we uh, volunteered for everything, didn't we, Aileen? Yeah. We tried we tried it all uh, from the well. You have to do the plant clinics, but uh, at all the information clinics, uh, we used to have when Bymart was here, they would have a, a spring day and couple people would come down and talk to um, their clients, their customers, but all the varied things, all the clinics, so that you got an idea of what you really wanted to do and what your, what what interests you the most. So that's what I would uh, recommend for all new interns to do so that they know, uh, kind of get an idea they might like to, to follow up on. Well, you kind of answered my next question, which is if you guys do have certain areas that you're uh, experts in. And so, Tani, succulents and herbs, is there anything else you'd like to add to that list? And uh, what are your kind of favorite succulents and or herbs to grow? Uh, Well, I'll start with herbs. I do have other things that I I, uh, like to... uh, do in master gardening, but I have, have had an herb bed for many years and I started succulents uh, probably three or four years ago, but my favorite herbs are probably the culinary herbs, uh, the Italian, uh, like the lavender and the basil and the oregano, uh, rosemary, borage for the bees. Uh, my husband kept bees. Um, so I and all the unusual herbs too. So mm-hmm. I I have a lot of those. And the succulents I just started with a few and now I have a I have two small greenhouses. So I have one greenhouse just devoted <laughs> to overwintering my many succulents. And they are really because I propagate them from babies too. Uh, they're overwhelming. <laughs> and one of these days I might start giving some away. Uh, but the other thing I like to do, and I wanted to spend a little bit of time, if that's okay with you, uh, I help with the demonstration garden. And the master gardeners have a, have beds, probably around 10 beds and uh, grapevines down at the community garden. Do you do you know where that is? Is that in Clarkston? Yes. Is that the one over by the community college? Yes. Yes, it is. Walla Walla, right behind on Fair Street. So um, I've been in that for at least six years, maybe more. And um, so several of the master gardeners take any uh plant or vegetable or whatever they want to demonstrate or something unusual that they haven't grown before and they want to grow it in a four by four bed that's what we have um, and then demonstrate to the community you know how to grow it so right now i've been growing artichokes started them in my greenhouse uh didn't know what i was into but uh they grew and they're still alive 
And uh, I enjoy those during the summer. Um, so the community garden has been down there at the present site for at least six years. And it has a board of directors. Uh, they're start with donations and grants. And the uh, last few years, Kristen, uh, the mayor, Monica Lawrence, she's the mayor of Clarkston, and she helped them get a grant this year for $5,000, and that is going to be used to buy a large rototiller. Uh, and then they've had other grants from St. Joe's Hospital, too, um, and they've had like maybe $8,000 from them. So anyway, we have, we have probably four right now master gardeners working at the demo garden and we'll have more. Some of the new people are interested uh, in educating and providing, uh, you know, some vegetables. We, we can either use some for our own use or we donate them to the food bank. So the community garden has always had beds that were exclusively for the food bank. And I think they donated probably over almost 2,000 pounds this last year. Oh, that's great. And then the other, yeah. And then the other interest I have is uh, at the courthouse. Have you ever been to the Salton County Courthouse? I have, yeah. Okay. So uh, I have some pots there, some uh, three large pots, uh, pollinator plants. And then Jerry Hendrickson, uh, has the rose garden and so that's something that we that's another project that we have so that's all i can think of to say for that well that's definitely enough to keep you busy for sure on top of everything <laughs> else that you do and i love artichokes so that's really cool that you're able to grow them yeah actually they were looking so great in January, they were green and growing, and I had to cover them up because they don't like this cold weather. <laughs> yeah, and we're definitely getting a good bout of that. Yes. And what about you, Aileen? What What are your expertise? Uh, what does that fall under for you personally? Well, um, I got interested in weeds. I don't know exactly why, but I don't like them. I mean, I, I try to get rid of them as much as I can. And, but I like to know what I'm getting rid of and That's what I'm dealing with. Good to so know I your enemy. Know. Yeah. Weeds are, although not always, you'd be surprised how many weeds are good for two things. One, for bees. I mean, you get these bee people around and you start talking about controlling dandelions and they go crazy because <laughs> they, it's the first flowers of the spring that the bees when they first come out of their hives that they can feed on. And I don't, I do leave enough for the bees, but I'm still not going to have a yard full of dandelions. <laughs> um, and the other thing, there's a lot of weeds that are actually healing plants. They're, they have medicinal properties. So a lot of things that we know as weeds are really handy to have around. Um, and so I have a lot of things that are healing plants that I grow that a lot of people think are, are weeds. And, when they, and they are weeds because they're invasive. They can, they can hop, skip, and jump into the neighbor's yards and 
from this flower bed over to that flower bed. And so they're hard to control unless you keep them in pots or carefully monitor their, their seed pods when they come on. Um, I also am very interested in, in growing pollinators for the bees because since I, I don't want to bother with the bees because it's so much work, but we do need bees and their populations are diminishing and we've got to do everything we can to promote bees and keep the bees happy. And so part of our um, program at the, that we go to the farmer's market Part of that is not just answering people's plant questions, but also promoting to grow the right kind of, and we've got a lot of handouts, the right kind of plants and to keep plants that will flower all year round so that the bees will have food all year round. Um, obviously in, in our valley, probably January is not gonna have a whole lot of flowers around. So, you know, and, and the bees here will kind of I hate to use the term hibernate, but that they kind of hive up during the cold weather. And, uh, but, but that's why they need fall flowers so that they can really feed up and, and make a lot of extra honey so it's not happening for the, the winter. Um, anyway, so I got involved with that. And so we are growing, and then I got into, you know, and again, somebody mentioned something to somebody else. And the next thing we know, we're on monarch butterflies and we're all growing milkweed. Now, don't tell the farmers this because, you know, they get excited when you tell you're growing milkweed on purpose. However, that's all, that's where the monarch butterflies will, will lay their eggs and that's what they eat and the larvae eat on the milkweed. So, um, yeah, we're all growing milkweed now. And there's, there's a patch down at the Carson Community Garden. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of, and then I got into trees because I have, I believe, you know, we, we, again, a lot of us, because we like growing things, we're kind of like little tree huggers and, uh, and, you know, the way the planet is going and we're not going to get into that, but, but every tree helps. And so we really, you know, promote planting trees, but we like to keep people educated so they know what kind of trees to plant because my backyard, I have one that's planted right under the electrical wires. You know, what the heck were they thinking? But, um, and so every year I have to prune out around the wires and I'm getting too old for ladders. And so I don't know how long that tree's gonna stay there. But anyway, um, but I got into more, I wanted to be more knowledgeable because I have seen trees that were pruned correctly that were absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, locust trees, locust trees to me are very ugly and, and I don't like them. However, they do their job. And so, um, but I saw, I think a guy from Kendrick did them, that he had done like several down on uh, Fair Street and he made them works of art and I was so impressed and I thought wow that's really cool so of course I got into pruning trees I mean I learned how to do that and then got into bonsai because you know that's your extreme pruning when you get into bonsai I mean you're cutting everything off of that sucker and uh, 
but I just, I, I, you know, that's kind of where my interest, kind of everything, but, but that's what I really like out of those things. So as somebody that's, um, really into trees, what are some good trees to plant in our valley here? Um, well, it, it, again, it depends on where you're planting them. There's a tree for every purpose. Um, of course, the, the, you know, blue spruce and your, your fir trees and spruce trees do fairly well down here. But again, you want to make, you know, want to find out because some of them are really high altitude trees. Um, elms and maples and sycamores all grow good down here for big trees. But the problem is most of the people that we talk to, I mean, are people that live in the city. And if you live in the city, if you have a giant maple tree, you're going to spend your whole fall breaking leaves, which I do anyway, because I've got four smaller trees. But um, it, it, you've got to remember when you get a tree, the upkeep and, and the maintenance that you're going to have to do. And, and a tree that's 100, 200 feet tall is going to be tougher than a tree that's 30 feet tall. And so um, I like flowering fruit trees. That's my preference. There's a lot of trees now that they've got that are a, a mid-sized tree that are, are like flowering crab apples. I've got a flowering pear. Um, and because I didn't want the mess of the fruit. Now, you know, there's, there's benefits to having the fruit, too. I mean, then you have fruit. Um, but I kind of didn't want to mess with that at this point. And so I have the flowering things. And there's um, a lot of trees that they've got now, even like maples that are a smaller size maple. You want to, I mean, there's columnar-shaped trees that you could put in a space where you've got, you know, you could go high. I mean, it could get big, but it won't get so big around. There are trees that, I mean, if you've got electrical wires going to or from your house, you're not going to want to put trees under that. Um, but you could get a tree that you could keep small by pruning. And there are ways to do that, um, depending on how high the, the wires are. Um, you know, so there's just, I, the city of Lewiston several years ago put out a, a pamphlet that was trees for the valley and uh, that, that grew well here. Of course, now there's so many new varieties, uh, new hybrids that they've made that are maybe don't take as much water because people are becoming more aware of, of the availability of water, especially, you know, in the southern part of the country and uh, like California and, and some of those places. Um, which right now isn't a good time to talk about it because we're all covered with snow and California's getting rain. And so um, right now they've got plenty of water. But, you know, trees are just a whole different thing in themselves. I mean, but, but, but they're fun. I mean, they're, they're not hard to grow if you know what you're doing. And that's why we're here is to help people with that. If, One uh, thing I'd oh. like to... Go ahead. One thing I'd like to add um, on our, we have an acre and one thing, we do have a variety of trees, but it's really important also for wildlife, bees, birds, butterflies to have shrubs. And um, 
we have a lot of shrubs and uh, one of our favorites uh, that that is easy to grow here and is is elderberry. There's native elderberry. There we have a blue elderberry. We have a red elderberry. Uh, and let's see, serviceberry. Serviceberry is very good. Uh, the dogwoods are good, uh, but uh, besides the trees. And and it's interesting also in our plant clinics. Seems like every year. The most questions we get is about trees, isn't it, Aileen? Yeah. And problems with blight or uh, so, uh, you know, that's one of the good services that the master gardeners do is teach people how to uh, plant trees, how to take care of them, and possibly using uh, sprays or, or uh, pesticides. Um, but I do like of the deciduous trees and the shrubs. So I just wanted to let you know that. No, that is really good. I know my neighbor has a cherry tree, and if we don't get the cherries in time, they just get filled with worms. Yes. Yeah. So I bet if I came and, to your booth, you might be able to give us some advice on that, I'm sure. And also pruning, to prune correctly, or where to find a pruner you know, that is uh, competent in the valley. So that's really important. Hey, do you want to know how you can get the Old Spiral podcast uninterrupted? Check out our new Patreon account. From now on, you can get the same show you know and love without being interrupted by commercials. We would really appreciate the support. And if you would, head to patreon.com slash Podcast. Now back to the show. Uh, so if someone was a beginning gardener, uh, are there a few plants that you would recommend that uh, would grow well here that don't take a, um, that would be good for a beginner? Uh, stuff that maybe they could eat or just enjoy looking at? Well, you can grow almost any vegetable here. <laughs> and our climate is getting warmer all the time. So, uh, you know, we can expand what we grow. I think it's whatever, you know, if whatever you like to eat. And if, for instance, if you're uh, into Italian food, you would want to do like a salsa garden, perhaps. Tomatoes grow beautifully. Basil grows wonderfully. Uh, you know, if you're like squashes, you can take any kind of squash. Oh, yeah, there's tons of squash. I remember I've overplanted uh, zucchini before for sure. When I first moved Yeah, sorry, uh, Tana, you had a, a little bit of a glitch there on your, on your end, so you got cut off a little bit. When I first moved here, my husband got road-tilled my garden, and it was really the first real garden that I'd had because I grew up in Southern California and we grew everything in flower beds. So I was, I was growing things, but not actual vegetable garden laid out. And I planted everything, but I planted four or five hills of zucchini 
and I put about five seeds in each hill, and every single one of them grew. <laughs> so if somebody wanted to start with something that they would was pretty much foolproof, I would suggest zucchini for them. <laughs> but be prepared to eat zucchini all year long. Yeah, I've done um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Stir fries. Stir fries, yeah, <laughs> and zucchini bread. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so you mentioned um, Yeah. So you mentioned you do some work with students, um, like younger school aged kids. Uh what all in, is entailed in that? Well, with school gardening, um start with soil. They and like at Parkway, they have uh, an entire almost full year of a master garden going in one day a week, actually about four or five of them go in and um, they start basically and they, they even do some entomology. They do a lot of nutrition. Uh, they teach the kids how to plant. Uh, they each have a raised bed or there there's several raised beds at Parkway and um, the children have their own little square. It's just a square, really. But they teach them how to transplant, how to plant. They show them uh, why we have flowers for pollination in the garden to bring bees in. Uh, you know, they. Uh, so it's year. It's from October until May, and they teach about trees. They'll do a, a like a field trip around their school. Um, they grow things in their classroom. Uh, they do a lot with, uh, uh, bugs and, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of those little critters, <laughs> but, uh, they talk about photosynthesis. I mean, my goodness, it, it's a big, uh, big education for them and the kids love it. I think it's probably one of their favorite classes. So that's at Parkway. They have their beds, and they also have fruit trees. And the master gardeners are, will, will be going down there, I think, on the 20th uh, to prune those fruit trees. Um, and then at Grantham, they also have a program. It's not – I don't think they start in the classroom until maybe March. Uh, so they do, like – they have a greenhouse, and they're growing plants. They – they have, um, uh, let's see, they cover their beds in the winter, so they may overwinter some onions, for instance, or uh, some vegetables. So it's a, it's a really active program. Up until this year, with COVID, they haven't been able to go in, but they will be continuing uh, next year. Awesome. Did you hear that okay? That was yeah, perfect. We, we yeah, did. Sorry about that. Speaking of COVID with the with the Zoom interviews can be a little bit challenging sometimes, <laughs> which I'm sure you guys know all about now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what what age are those students? What grade are they in? Fourth grade, let's see. About nine to ten. Okay. Yeah. They have workbooks and uh it's an hour every every week that's great yeah that's really cool to uh getting students involved when they're when they're younger so they can learn about where their food comes from and learn about food webs and i, I think that's a really neat idea i wish that um 
we would have had that in Lewiston when I was growing up. That would have been great. That would have been nice. That's that's kind of about the age where my love of, of all things gardening came in. My mom would drop me off at my grandma's friend's house in Clarkston, and she had a good piece of land, and I would go early in the morning and help her weed and move ha- b- uh, bales of hay, and she had some chickens, and we'd clean up and collect eggs, and then uh, after working all morning when it started getting warm, she'd make me tea and cookies, and we'd talk about all those kind of things and uh, cloud types and all that sort of wow. stuff. And it, it, it was a really great experience. And it's it's really neat that you guys are able to do sort of that same thing, um, hopefully spark some joy in these kids and get them interested in that well, too. I just want to give a shout out to Dolores Davidson because she started this over 10 years ago, she and her daughter. And uh, they have a fabulous curriculum. Yeah, well, thank you, Dolores, for sure. So if the public has questions, like let's say that they just cannot get rid of this weed in their grass, for example, can they approach the master gardeners to try to identify what it is and maybe what the solution is to that problem? Yes. They can call the extension office and... Someone will, this time of year, we don't have plant clinics, but we're always on duty. So if they call, someone will get back to them. Of course, with the COVID thing going on, we are doing almost everything by email. So we're, they have, they can send pictures and we can identify things that way. Uh, Problems, people that have problems with trees last year would send us the pictures and then we would you know, figure out what was going on, and then we get back to them. Once in a while, we somebody would have to go out and look at something in person, but mostly we've done everything electronically. Um, but starting probably the end of April, and ho- hopefully, if we if the world opens up again, we'll start somewhere around the end of the April, and we will have plant clinics at the courthouse in the extension office. And they're on Wednesdays. They go from 10 o'clock in the morning till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And walk-ins are, are, you know, good then. Anybody can come in. They can bring samples of their problems or if they have something to identify, whether it's a weed or maybe it's something that's just growing in the backyard that you don't know what it is. Bring it on in and we'll do our best. And insects. I mean, you know, bugs too. We love bugs. We just really get excited. Well, some of us do. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. well, speaking of bugs, um, my business is in the fly fishing industry, and I've noticed since COVID came that there's been a real uptick in people getting into fly fishing because they're able to pursue their hobbies with the extra time that they have working from home. Have you found the same for people getting into gardening? Has there been um, an uptick in in people getting more into gardening and asking you questions or even getting in the class? I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. But I think, unfortunately, where we're not out in the public, we're not at the farmer's market this last year. We haven't been able to go to these places so that we could give people handouts and information on here is how to start your garden or here's, you know, how to read a seed packet or, um, you know, just the basics to get people started. 
we haven't been able to do that this last year, but hopefully that's what we'll be doing again soon. I'll have to say that a lot more people are interested in gardening because I've tried finding and, and also canning. Uh, canning supplies just went out the window really fast. You couldn't find any really in, after July. So uh, I think uh, they do want to get out. Uh, it's something you can do safely and you can grow your own food and it just tastes so much better. So I definitely think there's been an increase in gardening. Whether it'll last or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully it does. And that's what I wonder about uh, fly fishing. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see if their hobby lasts or not. <laughs> I know. I should have taken advantage of your uh, program last summer. I, th I have a new pear tree, and I think it got some sort of fungus, and it it's really did a number on it. That is so typical, let me tell you. Well, that's what no question we get of fruit trees. Oh. We just have the climate, and we have had so many orchards in this valley, so things just you know perpetuate. And if you don't treat your your tree correctly, your neighbor has it, you spread it. You know, it just it just goes on and on. So fruit trees, I think, are are very challenging. Wonderful, you know, you get the great fruit, but sometimes you just have to put up with the holes in the fruit, maybe. They still taste just as good. That's <laughs> yeah. personal opinion. <laughs> I've never had a problem eating around a hole. <laughs> <laughs> worms in your cherries. Yeah, worms in the cherries, too. <laughs> yeah. So do interns in the program get hours through... Um, like helping field those questions for the public about what those funguses are or like um, working with the students in those in those school gardens? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, that and, seems like a great um, way to get involved. And we, we've tried something new this year. We're working as so that each new intern has a mentor, so that each new person has a veteran master gardener to work with them now this isn't that we're you know joined at the hip but we are we are there to answer their questions we make sure that if they have a problem if they don't know something or you know that we we can help them along the path to get them going that seems like a good uh uh way to go i think that's good in anything that you you try is that when you start something new, you you know yourself for for new hobbies, you find somebody that knows what they're doing and you glom on to them because they have information and they will share because like fly fishing, if you like fly fishing and somebody comes up and expresses an interest in it, you're gonna help those people out because you don't you that's what you like to do. Yeah, absolutely. So if you too want to have a bed community garden, uh, if you're wanting to grow something, I can give you the phone number and the person to call. Would you like that? I would like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. Okay. You can call Kim Roberts uh, at 758-6849, a bed there, which would be a 4 by 10 bed. 
uh, costs, I think, $20 for the season. And uh, uh, let's see, they supply the water. You just have to go down and water it. Uh, they'll supply all the tools for it and uh, even the seed. But if there's something special you want to grow, then you can grow your own or buy your own seed. So just a heads up. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's great. Well, when would be a good time to get started with that? Well, I would say, you know, I, I garden early. I start early. Uh, some things like broccoli and cabbage can be started in the garden in March. Uh, so say March, April, if you, uh, you know, you can start as late as May. But you remember we're in a zone seven climate, very hot in the summer. So that's why I like to get things started early. Uh, I already have kale and broccoli and cabbage growing in my greenhouse to start early this spring. Yeah, a greenhouse would be a nice addition. Let's I hopefully uh one of these years I'll have some time to start that project. That would be really nice. <laughs> yeah, I me can too. see you're a master garden gardener in heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. Tell that to my previous gardens. <laughs> no, it would be it would be awesome. I'd love to grow more of my own food, and um, I definitely would benefit from some guidance. And it sounds like having something at the well, having the program itself, uh, but doing it at, at the community garden setting would be really useful. It's fun. Good. So if somebody wants to get involved in the Master Garden program, how would they go about getting started? They can call the uh, Extension Office in Asotin. The number is 509-243-2009. Now, the problem is we only have classes every other year, so our next class won't be until 2022. But now would be a good time to start thinking about it and, you know, if you go ahead and call the extension office now and you talk to Janice, she's our person who does everything. Um, she will get your name and number and put you on our mailing list so that you get all the information you need. Perfect. Something else that I'd like to mention is that we also do some uh, classes. Okay, again, this last year we did not. We, well, we did them, but we did them electronically. But in the fall, we do what we call the fall garden series. And we do things for home gardeners. And it's for the public. And usually they're like $5 a class maybe. So um, that's something else we do. Great. Well, that's great information and great advice about uh, how to get started. Um, I had another question. Uh, is there anything in particular that either of you really – enjoy or something that's special about growing or being a gardener in this valley in particular? I like, um, I like being part of the program because the people are so good and you learn so much every time you talk to them. But as far as growing in the valley, um, it's nice because we can grow almost everything here. We have a long growing season compared to like Spokane. Um, it's whatever you can't get or can't you don't grow yourself you can find at the farmer's market um and you're always finding new things to grow because 
the, the garden centers tend to keep up with that. And they're always coming out with, here's this next new wonderful thing you can grow. So of course we run right down there and buy seeds or plants and, you know, and the next year it has died. Oh, no, wait. Of course they don't die, but um, <laughs> you know, sometimes they do. So anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a good area as far as growing things other than the heat in the summer that gets crazy and the hot winds and I feel the same way, Aileen. I, I came here about 40 some years ago from Montana, Eastern Montana, which is now about 38 below zero. Um, and I, you know, I wanted to grow things and I tried my hardest, uh, but it was such a limited season. So when I came here, I thought this was just like California. It was a paradise. And uh, I've tried growing many things that, um, you know, like the artichokes, uh, things that I never thought that I could grow um, and, and the fruit. And the other thing I like about Master Gardening is you're with like-minded people and um, they're very curious and uh, they want to know the answers to something. They enjoy research. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's just a plus. It's a win-win. I don't see, um, you know, I think anybody that was really interested in gardening would love to be in this group. Well, have either of you tried the uh, Cosmic Crisp Apple? Yep. Yes. I have not yeah. had a chance to try that. WSU came up. You know They're awesome. One. I uh, eat them every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where do you where do you pick those? I'll ask you later. No, I, that's a new apple that WSU has come out with, and I've still not had one, and I'm looking forward to my first bite. They're, they're wonderful. I have a whole bowl full on the counter right now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time uh, coming in and doing this with us. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. This episode of the show was brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to all of you for supporting the show. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. That's going to do it for this week, but the shows are not over. Get caught up on the backlog of episodes if you haven't already, and thanks for listening.